Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about web performance, how you can get results, traffic, uh, sales, anything. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jamie Indigo. How are you? I am doing so well. Thank you for having me today, Antoli. Oh, I'm so excited because I know about your experience. You spoke at many conferences. So yeah, uh, for me, it's a big pleasure to learn from experts like you. And before we start, I want to introduce our sponsor, iChrefs, SEO tools and resources to grow your search traffic. So yeah, uh, do you know about this uh, tool? I think you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> Of course, of course. And uh, before we start, just uh, tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about web performance. Ah, so my whole shtick is I'm not a robot, but I speak bot. And I am an SEO who doesn't know how rankings work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I yeah. veered suddenly over to the technical world pretty quickly just because I was able to make an experiment have my my means of measurement and track it and it seemed mm -hmm. meaningful and really rewarding to me and i got deeper and deeper down the rabbit holes uh in 20 i think late, late 2015 i was uh part of the first site to launch entirely it was a 70,000 product e-commerce site all in angular this is right after they deprecated the ajax crawler and so much of preparing for that to ensure that the content was crawlable and available was, you know, boots on the ground, prayer in the pocket, messages on Twitter, like, dear John, please help. Oh, no. Ah, I guess <laughs> if you are working on a Angular or simi similar JavaScript framework site, don't use the cache page to debug. Then <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, my lovely team at DeepCrawl now for two years, I get to work with just a unicorn team of specialized, highly skilled technical SEOs. We're a little side team, aside from the SaaS product. Love it. It's done a lot of speaking. Just got back from Search Love Philadelphia. Wonderful mm -hmm. experience there. I did Search Minnesota. That's a smaller one, but oh, it is delightful. And most recently, I was just in New York shooting a new video for Google's Webmaster uh, YouTube series. Pretty fun. Nice, nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. I have the first question. Uh, can you tell where to start? For example, if I uh, created a new website, I want to get traffic uh, results. What I need to do first? Well, that which can't be found can't be ranked. Mm -hmm. So let's look at your setup. If you've already built this site, let's check those technical signals. Any given website has a number of technical signals and how they communicate. And this is how the bots speak the very first conversation that they're going to have is that response code. Is it a 200? Is it a 404? Is mm -hmm. it requiring authentication? That means they can't come in. And then there's information in the header response that goes from it. So those technical bits, those signals are what we want to keep clean and clear and pass along to Googlebot. When we confuse them, we lose. If you're starting a brand new site, I'm probably speaking gibberish to you. This probably is a little bit more advanced, but there's a lot of great one-on-one platform tools. Wix just made a whole fabulous guide. And I used to make a lot of jokes where Wix was the punchline, but mm -hmm. they put real energy into that platform and engineering. And I'm truly impressed. You know, WordPress actually has a partnership with Google SiteKit is a plugin you can add on to your WordPress instance. And that's going to let you find out how your site's being discovered, what people are looking for and what they're interacting with. First thing in SEO is visibility. We can't fix what we can't see. 
So I follow a really simple pattern, visibility, diagnostics, iteration, that means we ch make changes and we tweak it, and then we monitor and we see how that works out. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it, yeah, valuable. Uh, okay, uh, for example, if I get a bunch of uh, errors, a lot of technical errors, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, uh, I often uh, cooperate with uh, many different uh, web developers and they reply yeah. to me, I don't know how to fix them. I can fix uh, a small percent of them. What mm -hmm. we need to do, we need to ignore it or to find someone else who can uh, handle the process and fix all errors. I would actually advocate, let's take a step back and change our approach. We mm -hmm. handle these one by one. When you find an error, the most important thing you can do is give reproduction steps on how they can see it. So mm -hmm. step one, load this page. Step two, look for this. Step three, do this. One, two, three, four. Put in screenshots, put in videos, capture data to show the issue. I like to use a format when I report a defect that says, Observed, like expected behavior, when I do X, Y happens. Observed behavior, when I do X, oh no, happens. So if we can clearly lay these out step-by-step step in clear communication, that's how we can get these issues fixed. We can't bum rush them with everything is broken, website broke, please fix. It is systematic one by one. If you have a dev team that you're working with, I encourage you, please, I don't need you to say anything. In fact, I encourage you not to say anything. Go and sit in the dev standup. Every morning, mm -hmm. you will watch the devs talk about what they're going to work on, what they're blocked on, what's next in queue. When you learn how their system works, you can then learn how to provide the correct information and details to their system to get changes made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Uh, you mentioned about weeks. I know that Deepcrawl uh, integrated to Wix platform, and right now we can check out uh, mm -hmm. technical errors on Wix. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, uh, many people think that uh, it's hard to fix anything on Wix because, uh, for mm -hmm. example, WordPress has uh, open code, but on Wix we have limited possibilities. Uh, what to do if I see some technical errors, but Wix doesn't allow to fix them? I would go ahead and ask the team at Wix get on Twitter, send some messages. Mm -hmm. Their senior technical engineer who focuses, he's an SEO, mm -hmm. brilliant human. If you present that to them and show them in steps one, two, three, four, here's what I expected to see. Or maybe you want a new thing. So you can say like, as a small e-commerce site, I want users to be able to add to cart from a product listing page in order to like increase conversions. And then you lay out what that acceptance criteria looks like. When they hover over the image, they have an add to cart button. When they click on add to cart, they get to stay on that PLP. They don't get taken immediately to the cart. That's it. Mm -hmm. When you mm -hmm. submit these requests in very clear language, you win. You make allies. <laughs> yeah, I have not played yeah. on a Wix site. I've just been observing the changes. Like you used to be able to be edit the robots txt and that was a nightmare and now that's fixed and yeah bunch of good changes <laughs> yeah got it got it uh okay uh can you tell more about the migration how to prepare migration for example if i want to yeah. rebrand my website uh, if mm -hmm. i bought some uh, small domain name uh mm -hmm. what do i need to do how to prepare this process 
All right. Step one. Why are you migrating? You need to have uh, a clear reason. Yeah. And goal. Okay. If you have a clear reason and goal, first thing we're going to do is use one of our crawlers. And what we want to do is we, with deep crawl, you can integrate in GSC and GA. You can do that with other tools as well. But you want to make an inventory. You want to have a stock of everything that was in the house before you moved. And then when we migrate, we're going to make sure all of that is there as well. Chances are all of it won't make it, but we need to know what we're missing. What is there that wasn't there? Or what is what was there that isn't there now? What mm -hmm. wasn't there before but is there now? And what changed between them? So really, you're going to go step-by-step step methodical. The first step is to know what resources you have, know which ones you want to migrate, and then look at what the new, if, if you're changing platforms, look at what the new capabilities enable. Like, are you going to be able to redirect everything easily or is it going to be an absolute nightmare? I've experienced both. If you're just simply migrating the domain name, keep that old domain. You want to keep that old domain, keep it verified. In fact, keep a sitemap up and keep an eye on the index coverage. What we want to see is index coverage from the old domain go down, index coverage to the new, new domain go up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Interesting. Uh, uh, can you tell about uh, the difference between uh, Google Search Console that we, we can analyze our website to find uh, technical errors and mm -hmm. deep crawl? What kind of uh, benefits you have uh, by using deep crawl? So I like to think of Google Search as a mirror of overall site health. When mm -hmm. the site is healthy, our organic search performance is healthy, but there are plenty of areas of the site or functionalities in the site that we wouldn't necessarily want Google to index. And a lot of times, particularly when you've got perhaps a JavaScript front end, you have pages that are dynamically generated. So you have pants and then you have colors of pants. You have lengths of pants, you have textures of pants, numbers of pockets, all these filters that you could add to them. We may expect for there to be a page for, you know, purple pants, for short pants. But if our dynamic code generates one for short purple velvet pants, we're suddenly indexing a lot more combinations than we might want to. And when those are low value pages and we've exploded the index, we've artificially inflated it. Google's going to go through and perch. They're going to try and figure out, I don't want to keep 12 copies of this page. I'm just going to pick one. And they don't mm -hmm. always pick in your favor. So we use tools like DeepCrawl to be able to know about these issues before Google takes action. If we can mm -hmm. find out about it first, because there's a delay in their data, A, we get more detailed data. We get all of it. I don't know if you realize this, but they only give us like a thousand URLs for any given sample. That's not a lot to mm -hmm. work with. When you have all of it and you can manage it in segments, you can manage it with custom extractions and all these tools, you're able to quickly identify issues. When you're working at enterprise level, this is really important. When you have a smaller site, it's not as necessary because you probably know it very well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Uh, I have the question about uh, the line between manual uh, checking and automation. For example, some tools can provide a lot of valuable insights, but uh, for example, 
my team usually check out uh, manually, uh, provide back testing. Can you tell how to find this uh, line between uh, manual job, for example, by using deep crawl or manual job that we need to check out, analyze, everything is fine because sometimes even mm -hmm. uh, great tools can show some errors that uh, don't exist, you know? Ah, so we always, like we use the big enterprise crawlers to find the areas to focus in on. Chances are you're the only SEO in the house and you haven't slept in a couple of days. That's just how our world works. So when you have the visibility, you know, when you're on page SEO, it's a little bit like playing poker, but when you're enterprise, it's like skydiving. So you need to know where you want to dive into. And once you get into there, the manual testing is how you can write up those reproduction steps. Or if you're not able to manually reproduce, that is a whole new issue. Rendering errors have a tendency to exist. It means each script has a probability of failing and it may work on your machine and not on the test. And when you replicate it, you try again on the crawl, it works again. That means this script has a tendency to fail and mm -hmm. you can't see when it happens. So now you can dive in and use the lack of data to hone you into where to look for the true cause. That blind spot is actually where to dig in further. Do you have mm -hmm. an iframe in the head? Knock it off. No iframes in the head. I know that vendor told you that this is a plug and play magic tool that will fix your site and make everything perfect and increase conversion 3000%. But if they asked you to put it directly above the opening head tag, you say absolutely not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to have this golden button just to click and get all the results, uh, optimize websites, traffic, anything, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know where That's I not take how it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you tell, uh, uh, for example, uh, if you need to choose UX or uh, technical optimization, uh, mm -hmm. when I see some uh, technical errors, but I need to decrease my uh, user experience because I don't know to squeeze some images or uh, to take away mm -hmm. some scripts, uh, but I need for, for UX. Can you tell uh, uh, what to choose at that point if uh, ah. Yeah, I think you're I'm going to rephrase that because it sounds like fundamentally it's more about adding a new feature versus dealing with tech debt. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. All right. Everybody loves shiny new features. They're great. They get attention. But when we leave in legacy code, we have a lot of, I don't know, marketing pixels in the head firing that no one's using. We have a problem and you really have to look at, at it as, hey, I want your new feature to succeed. I am your ally. But in order to have this work properly, we need to remove X, Y, and Z. Or if you're a product owner and people come and they say, I want to add a new feature to the site. Remember, every time you add a new feature, chances are you are also negatively impacting performance. So. Simply ask them, how do you measure success for this new feature? How will you measure success? If there is not an answer as to how they will measure success, there needs to be a greater conversation. Why are we adding something in that does not have an ROI? Mm. 
probably we don't know. For example, we need to test to analyze uh, conversion rate optimization you know, for some time. So yeah, it depends. And you can do depends. these things, right? But you just have yeah. to have good, strong communication. Hi, you want to run a series of A-B tests on the site. You're using something like Optimizely that's running client side. When we do that, we need to put Optimizely only on the pages where a test is being run. We also mm -hmm. need to say it can only block the area that's going to be changed for the AB variant. We can't let that block the entire page. I used to be a CRO and I was working with Adobe test and target. And when you use the global tag on test and target, it will prevent the entire page from rendering until the head of your site is red. So the head tag of your code is red. It goes and it pings Adobe. Adobe comes back with that data, then it can continue to put pixels on the page. But if we block mm. the entire page for five seconds while that happens, our overall conversion rate is much lower. So if you're going to run an A-B test, benchmark, what was your conversion rate before you put the A-B testing platform on the page? If it is lower in your control, then it has significantly detrimented your performance. And we need to consider reevaluating how it's implemented. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it, valuable. Uh, I have the question about uh, common SEO. Mm -hmm. uh, can you help uh, my audience uh, to find the right strategy? Because you know, uh, I often see when uh, they chase high volume keywords and don't care about uh, competition. You know, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> we have no yeah. resources with that. Can you? Tell from your experience how to find the right strategy in SEO. Every business has a vertical and they have goals and they have a unique value prop. You need to figure out what specifically it is you're trying to target. So if you and I have a well-informed conversation about Star Wars, we're going to mm -hmm. mention Wookiees, Ewoks, Siths, Jedi's just casually in conversation and those all branch out together. They work like branches of a tree. If we watch how Google crawls, they will crawl along those same kind of semantic and conceptual lines. So what we want to do in order to rank well when we're this small little site is to be an authority. We want to use our business goals and figure out what we uniquely can bring to our vertical with our perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what about, uh, you mentioned a few times about indexing. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell how it's important to index uh, all pages on website? Because, you know, for example, uh, I uh, had a few uh, clients who replied to me, you know, I have uh, 100,000 pages, but Google mm -hmm. only indexes 1,000 uh, pages. What I need to do, I wanted to index all of them. And uh, most of them are duplicated, you know, without any Why do you value. want them to index duplicate pages? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> And what to do? Uh, it's better to uh, know, follow them. Uh, yeah. Can you share your best practices with that? You know, I just had a really good conversation with Luke Carthy. He's on Twitter at Mr. Luke Carthy. Mm -hmm. And he told me this fantastic anecdote about how he came into an e-commerce site and he culled 80% of their pages. As a result, organic traffic increased 10%. 
and conversions increased 18%. Mm-hmm. We want quality over quantity. Yeah. The days of making a page because you want, you want, you're trying to sell crock pots. So the page just says the word crock pot over and over again, but then you also want to rank for slow cookers, which is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's another name for it. So you make another page all about slow cookers that doesn't work anymore. Google released Hummingbird in 2015, and that was the algorithm that said, when you search in Google for the movie with the dude, it's going to give you back the Big Lebowski because it knows what you mean. (laughs) Singular copy that is well-informed and linked to really relevant information that might be a side tangent or a next step. Keep those. Volume is not the answer to this. And if you have multiple pages competing for the same phrase, you're only hurting yourself. It's Hmm. like you're trying to go into, you know, a marathon, trying to go into the Boston Marathon. And you've got five runners who all want to compete. So you make them fight in a death match first. And then the one survivor who's bloodied and beaten gets to run the Boston Marathon. Don't do that. Love your site more. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about PageSpeed Insights? For example, um, uh, it's a common question about this tool mm-hmm. uh, because masters want to get 100% with this tool. No, mm-hmm. uh, when I check out the top 10 results, I can see like uh, even Amazon has like 20% red line. Uh, how it's important to optimize with uh, green line and where we need to pay more attention? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with saying don't imitate Amazon. The idea that just because a competitor does it, you can do it does not work. The bigger mm-hmm. your site, the more sins you get away with. The bigger your brand name and web presence, the more things Google will overlook. It's just how it works. I don't make the rules. But when you're a small scrappy startup here, yeah, that page speed can mean a lot to you. So when you use page speed insights, you're going to get two sets of data. One set is called real user monitoring. And this is the actual honest to blog experiences of humans on your site. This is your source of truth to let you know, is there a problem? The next set you're gonna get is called lab data. It's running a Petri dish, controlled circumstances, not like real humans. Lab data is how we go further and we diagnose what we see in the field data. Great tool. Performance matters. And here's my pitch to you. Core Vitals might be a thing for SEOs, but it actually impacts everyone. Every user, every channel, every medium, every device is impacted by the performance of your site. And the ROI might not be in rankings. And in fact, there's a great study on web.dev and it's co-authored by Rebel Mouse. And it looks into how good core web vitals increased loyalty. They brought people back. There's another new one out that I can't recall who the co-authors in this one, but it looks at the impact of conversions on core web vitals. First input delay just says, if I'm on a product detail page and I want to hit add to cart, can I? (laughs) Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, so valuable. Uh, We have the question from Claire. And she want to know about uh, the quality, uh, how to certify 
at your customer the quality it's probably about the quality of content because sometimes it's subjective mm-hmm. i don't know how to measure the quality because we have no mm-hmm. such score quality can you tell from your experience how we can analyze the quality of content so i think this is a little bit about product variance about product quality yeah when you're yeah. on an e-commerce site remember that your photos are the closest your user can get to the product because they can't touch it including detailed product information specs skews all of that very important for us um structured data markup really useful here not directly related to that question when you have different products uh there's actually some fresh documentation from google about product variants hold on i'm actually going to pull up my notes on this um we have the product reviews best practices that is now a ranking factor we'll circle back to that in just two seconds mm-hmm. here all right so there is guidance from google about product er- variants where each has a distinct url in order to have structured data markup and show each of them in search it needs to be one markup per page and a page can include a url parameter so if we have slash shirt parameter color equal green that is a distinct product page from color equal blue really good details about the product itself really good pictures one of the key things they're looking for to show the validity of this product that it's real that real humans have got it and had a good experience with it is product reviews and product mm-hmm. reviews are now part of a ranking signal for pages in e-commerce related search i use mm-hmm. my <laughs> yeah i use my um that detail is available fresh in Okay, the first one on product variance is going to be in the search console or search central um main hub and the second one on product reviews shows up in their blog. They explained on the Google search blog how product reviews are now impacting search results. Mm-hmm. Everybody was given warning like in February of last year, so eh, you were warned. Hopefully that answers <laughs> yeah. the question. Really good details, really really good pictures product reviews there are prioritizing reviews with video and with uh photos of them like real people holding them up yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah thanks thanks for reply claire thanks for the question great question and uh, i uh, can you tell uh, how to check out big websites that have a million pages what we need to do and where to pay more attention big websites are my specialty So mm-hmm. previously I worked at Aero Electronics. I had four to six million products depending on the season in seven languages. The only way you can do this at scale is with making meaningful segmentation. So in Search Console, you can verify subfolders of properties. For Aero, I had slash EN, slash EN slash products, slash EN slash categories. And when I would look at the larger picture, I would also be able to look at these individual ones. If there was a problem, I could hone in to where it was, to what area was impacted. If you use a crawler, segments are your friends. You can go ahead and deep crawl and make segment rules that say, hey, every URL that has slash products is a products. 
And then when you look at the reports, there's, you know, a, that'll say top pages with 404 errors. And you can see a bar graph of, hey, oh, that's a lot of products that are suddenly in this 404. Or they're, maybe they're all coming from blog. You can break down and know where to quickly act. When you work in enterprise, chances are there's multiple teams involved. You may have a team that runs the WordPress blog and a team that runs the React front end, and then a team over here doing architecture and working with the database endpoints. There's a lot of teams. So knowing where the issue is, being able to hone in quickly is how you keep your sanity. And I say that as someone who spent a lot of sanity points learning that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh I'm interested about crawl budget. Uh, can you tell mm -hmm. how to handle the crawl budget? Because, uh, yeah. for example, I have a client. He has, uh, if I remember, like uh, 50,000 pages. And we are waiting so for a long time when uh, Google can mm -hmm. uh, check out all these pages. Mm -hmm. Can you help you with that? <laughs> 50,000 pages is pretty small. Typically, yeah, you only need to worry about crawl budget when you're getting into millions of pages. Mm -hmm. With 50,000... I'm curious if there's a very high time to first bite or are there are there either server connectivity or robots.txt issues. So if the robots.txt returns a 500 or a 429, Googlebot won't crawl at all for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Then they'll go, well, that's broken in the root crawling ways. If there is a above 5% server error rate, they pull back hard. Google's mm -hmm. priority zero is to be a good citizen of the web. That's really a cover your ass for, we can't take down people's servers because then they can sue us. Simple business logic there. So look into Search Console under settings at crawl stats, check on the host status. Is it mm -hmm. healthy? Is it happy? Google's also very judgy. If this is a new site and they're not getting a lot of value, they may not crawl as frequently. Look into your index coverage and see, are they simply not yet crawled? Are they crawled but not indexed? Are they rendered with no content? There's some markers here that could be problematic. If you don't, if it's all in uncrawled still, I would check Remember those very basic technical signals we talked about? The very first thing the bots do is go, hey, 200. Yep, 200. Mm -hmm. Well, in that heading response, you can pass along very important directives, including no index or a canonical that is across the site into the wrong page or even wrong site. So check those technical signals. At 50,000 pages, crawl budget shouldn't be an issue. There is something else about the technical process pipeline that isn't working. Are they blocking access to JavaScript or CSS files? If they are, then the pages can't be built properly and that which cannot be rendered cannot rank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it. Interesting. Yeah, we need to check out. It's the topic about crypto, you know, <laughs> probably uh, some issues. Oh, crypto definitely had. Yeah, that's that's some eat stuff there, too. I mean, there's a million and one sites out right now, especially a lot of scammy ones trying mm -hmm. to rank for crypto. So it's going to be mm -hmm. a much harder world to go out and poke your head into. Yeah, yeah, we fixed uh, a lot of issues like uh, with transparency, we handle mm -hmm. uh, social media profiles to increase the level mm -hmm. of trust, uh, many things, you, yeah. Have but... you tried live tests on the pages to see what happens? 
Yeah, yeah, it works. It works well. We don't okay. know why. And if you yeah. look at the rendered HTML, it's all there. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have some issues that we need to fix. Uh, mm -hmm. And right now, our web developers are trying mm -hmm. to decide all these issues. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, probably uh, we had issues with uh, uh, technical errors like broken mm -hmm. uh, links uh, and uh, mm -hmm. some blocks didn't work correctly. So, yeah, many things like this. Do you have segmented sitemaps? Like sitemaps site that are broken out by page types? I think everything is fine there because we, we have free sitemaps and yeah, mm -hmm. they're good, you know. Validated. If they're broken out, you can use them as diagnostic. So in Search mm. Console, if you go to sitemaps, sometimes issues affect specific page types. And if you wanted to rule mm -hmm. that out, view the different sitemap coverages. If it's only impacting mm -hmm. one, then it tells you let's focus on the technical issues and details of this particular page type. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I will try. Interesting. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I have the question about uh, AI. What do you think? Do we need to use AI tools today? Especially now you mentioned about enterprise SEO, uh, big websites, and uh -huh. it's hard to create content uh, for many uh, product descriptions. What do you think about AI? So in the large part, when someone comes to you selling AI, they're, they're selling you machine learning with a marketing spin. And the mm -hmm. thing about machine learning is it has to be trained. So they might have a machine learning model that's based on Wikipedia. That doesn't mean that it will understand entities and their relationships, their synonyms and their antonyms in the same way that is specific to your site. They have to be retrained based on what's called a corpus for your specific content. You can build pretty awesome content using GPT-3. But here's the thing. Are you really going to be valid Victorian of your class if you're copying someone else's homework? Yeah. If you've got to fill a lot of pages in a short time and you can QA them, you can manually review them, go for it. There's some really cool stuff coming up right now. There's this new image one that just blew my mind. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I talked smack on AI for a long time, but there's, there's stuff coming out that I'm like, Oh no, this <laughs> is a different beastie because they're tying it back to yeah. the problem with AI before was that it didn't understand objects in relation to each other. Right. So it would mm -hmm. just garble the words that it heard before when we have machine learning that's based on entity understanding. So everything in our existence, is an entity a person is an entity an office is an entity a microphone is an entity each one of them have what's called um properties and they also have statements to back them up so when ai can go ahead and refer to entities knowing what values are valid to make statements about them in their relationships to other entities then we end up with really good AI content that I am truly shocked at sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. very I rare. If it's homespun, if it's you're doing it in-house, they're going to pitch it to you. And then the, the successful implementation may never happen. Just mm -hmm. guard your money, guard that budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm using AI tools time to time, uh, but uh, it's better to check out and edit manually 
all the results because uh, I don't know. For me, it's hard to get uh, high quality uh, content without editing. But if you edit, yeah, it 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 can help to save time. You know, yeah. so it's very important. But it requires that manual review. Don't just yeah. publish whatever it puts up there. That's a dangerous way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have the question about the future of SEO. Can you mm -hmm. forecast the future and uh, why do you think, uh, what kind of future are you expecting in the SEO field? All right. My favorite pastime is a soap opera I like to call Google versus plaintiff. <laughs> I like to follow the lawsuits because they will tell you a lot about where Google is going to go. One of the big things I've seen outside of that scope is Google EU is much more transparent than Google US. One of their core initiatives right now is to fight misinformation and SERP. In order to do that, they need to understand factual basis, factual entities, people, places, things, and how they relate. This really pushes in the same way that we saw with MUM and Landa and how they work, that they are using entities as the basis for search results. In order to return factual information, Google has a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know if you've ever read Douglas Adams, fantastic book series, an alien comes to earth and he has this tiny device that has information about every person, place, thing in existence. Mm -hmm. You can go right now to Wikidata and see exactly what Google understands about every entity in their hitchhiker's guide. In fact, if you do that and you scroll down to the section called identifiers, you can look for a Google knowledge graph identifier. If it's an older entry, it'll be a freebase identifier. If you click on that slash G slash numeric sequence or for freebase slash M numeric sequence, you're going to open up a Google SERP based on the entity, an entire SERP based on their Wikidata. Yeah, love it, love it. I have the final question. Yeah. Uh, for example, if you started today from scratch without any skills, knowledge, what will you do to learn SEO? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I got in when it was pretty young, man. I got in when like Panda had just happened and the rules were much simpler. And now mm -hmm, there's yeah. complexities and dependencies. So code and web behavior Code has dependencies. And that's why it's so funny when John Mueller says it depends because yeah, it's really the about <laughs> the one output. It's about the series of things behind it. Mm -hmm. So in order to get started, I would find a really good community to engage mm -hmm. with. There are a lot of them out there. Um, I'm going to be a cohort instructor for uh, the Freelance Coalition for Developing Nations in Q4. I'm really excited for that event. Um, there are communities for women in tech SEO. There's Reddit groups. Lurk, play no dumb questions. It's going to be a hug of a ride. 
<laughs> one step at a time. Pick one thing. Like, cause you can go out and you can buy all the textbooks and read all the things, but humans don't truly learn something until it has meaning to them. Until there's a reason to learn it, it is only stored in our short-term memory. Once we begin to actually apply and use it and execute it, then it moves into our long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, I think my short memory around uh, a few hours, you know, if I read something and do nothing, I can forget uh, for a few hours. Uh, that's why I usually yeah. share on social media. You know, it, it can help to memorize and act. Yeah. I think acting is the best practice. <laughs> uh, I mean, by humans the way, have, <laughs> we have finite resources. We can only take in so much. And suddenly we're in a world of infinite content. This is why I'm okay going, yeah, I'm a fantastic technical SEO and I don't know how rankings work. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay, guys, I know how you can learn SEO. You need to follow Jamie on social media. Uh, please share how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Absolutely. So I am on Twitter. I am at jammer underscore volts. Uh, you can sign up for the Traffic Think Tank Rich Snippets newsletter. I have to write that tonight, every Wednesday. I'm like, oh no, I've got to write a newsletter, but it's every week. You think I would learn. Um, that goes out fresh your inbox Monday. Here's the value prop. I spend way too much time reading through the developer documentation, so you don't have to. Uh, I do a lot of webinars with Deep Crawl. Come check us out. I've got one tomorrow with Mr. Luke Carthy. And we're gonna be talking all about e-commerce. You can register for that. I've got a link on Twitter. Yeah, let's be friends. Let's learn from each other. That's the best way to sustain yourself in SEO. This is not a competition. Tech stacks are huge. There are so many niches and weird scenarios out there. The best we can do is help each other learn and grow. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. You know, I can see Absolute a lot of valuable pleasure. insights. <laughs> so uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.